Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. special edition of the Michael Deacon program. Joining me tonight on this very special evening is the one and only Jim, the freight train, Fetzer, a man who needs no introduction. You know him quite well, and he is patiently waiting. So let's bring him right on in. And joining me live right now is the professor, Jim Fetzer. How are you? Oh, Michael, good. This is a great day for America. The verdict is in in the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, 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 trial. And uh, the jurors uh, did the right thing. They were responsive to the law and the evidence. There's a massive amount of proof that Kyle was not guilty, but there was concern that pressure from the community, threats from Black Lives Matter and other left-wing zealots might affect the jury and they might deviate. There was even concern that after taking this many days, this was like the fourth day, that there might be internal conflict within the jury where there was some suspicion that possibly the woman who was performing the role of being the foreman of the jury uh, was a strong left-winger with ideological convictions that wouldn't allow him to be acquitted, but it all came out right. This is a great day for the jury system in America. It's a great day for vindicating the Second Amendment for the right to self-defense. Also, I think ultimately for the First Amendment and the right to the Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, where the prosecution in this case brought a case that really had no suitable justification or foundation. They made uh, false and misleading statements. They committed uh, at witnesses and they condoned committing perjury under oath. They filed uh, false uh, charges against Kyle. Uh, they withheld evidence. I mean, it was a veritable repertory of dereliction of duty by the prosecution. The verdict, I guarantee you, is well-founded. Kyle acted in self-defense. He was not guilty of any of the charges. And I have a new, uh, several new blogs on my blog at jamesfetzer.org, which I'm happy to say I've been able to restore. It's been down for about a week, Michael. Oh, my. And I'll cite those where everyone can go and verify. There's one in particular, very detailed legal analysis of the charges and the evidence against that I'll cite subsequently. Yes, and for those that don't know, Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted of all charges just today after his trial or shooting three people, killing two of them in Kenosha last year. And by the way, Jim, I just got to say, if I was out there, uh, there would be more people shot. <laughs> but that's just me. I mean, don't repeat that, Jim, but you know. Well, well, well yeah, as you say, <laughs> yes. he was found not guilty by a jury. It came in, let's see, about uh, 12.15 Central Time, the jurors came in. Ironically, I was doing my own show, The Raw Deal on Revolution Radio, that began at 11 in the nice. first hour. I spent laying out all the evidence that exonerated Kyle and expressing concerns about whether or not the jury was in conflict. So it was 15 minutes into the second hour when the jury came in, and I was able to get the 
reports live from the courthouse on the air at the time and then took calls for the last 30 minutes. So, you know, in terms of coincidence, it was wonderful. As Michael's observing here, he was found not guilty by a jury of all five criminal charges at his closely watched trial for killing two unarmed men and shooting a third armed man during a protest in Kenosha. Now, to say they are unarmed is already actually false and misleading because one of those he shot and killed was trying to break his neck with a skateboard. I mean, it was a heavy skateboard, and he was clobbering Kyle with a skateboard. So he was armed with a skateboard. The other, the first who shot him, had threatened to kill him. His name was Rosenbaum, and he had his fists and hands, which are lethal weapons. In fact, Michael, more persons die in the United States from being beaten to death. That's true. By bear knuckles and die from shootings, uh, and where shootings involving rifles are particularly rare, few and far between. But the Democrats, you know, are governing in areas where they've created free fire zones, and there's so many deaths from handguns that they don't want to talk about handguns because it would focus upon their failed policies. So as I observed, the jurors reached their verdict on the fourth day of deliberation, the judge was generally impeccable in the manner in which he conducted the trial, with two or possibly three exceptions. First of all, he did not sequester the jury. In my opinion, that was a mistake, because if they could have identified members of the jury, then they could have threatened them at their homes and their families. Ooh, yes. And of course, it meant the jurors, although undoubtedly they were admonished not to do so, would be exposed to radio or television or newspaper coverage of the trial when they're not supposed to be affected by outside sources. Second of all, the jury instructions the court provided were very complex and arcane. He could have simplified the jury instructions and made it uh, much easier for them to follow. He did also in the third place, interestingly, at the request of the jurors, allow them to take home the jury instructions, which can invite a kind of uh, dictionary research where the ordinary meanings of many words are not the same as they have in legal context. They could have generated confusion, but I'm happy to say none of those appear to have affected the outcome of the case, which was completely appropriate. Kyle was shaking as the verdict was read, uh, sat down, kind of collapsed with his head on the table, began crying after the jury forewoman say not guilty five separate times before 1.15 Eastern. Uh, Judge uh, Schroeder then thanked the 12 jurors for their service and dismissed them. Let me add that the defense, when it learned that the prosecution had a high-quality version of drone footage of the entire sequence of events that was much more clear and detailed. I mean, we're talking about two or three times as many pixels wait as minute, the Jim. version that they gave, gave to the defense, Michael. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They had uh, better who, footage of the shooting. Yeah, they did. Really? Which exonerated Kyle. So they were withholding evidence, and that's, Holy that's a gross... Uh, gross misconduct on the part of the prosecution, Michael, because the prosecution has the obligation to uphold the standards of justice. Yeah. And if they, if they come into possession of any evidence that tends to exonerate the accused, they are obligated under the law to share Indeed. it. But they instead withheld it hmm. and only put it on the table with the defense on Saturday after, you know, the, 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 the jury had been sent for deliberation. So that for the second time, the defense asked for a, a motion uh, for a mistrial with prejudice, which would have meant that they could not uh, bring the charges again against Kyle, actually, even after the verdict was uh, was entered. Uh, the defense asked for a motion for mistrial with, uh, with prejudice, which the judge also granted. So Kyle's completely covered. He cannot be charged with these same offenses. However, it, again, but it would appear that there are players on the federal level who haven't followed the case and who are grossly partisan, who want to, you know, take measures into their own hands. Uh, it, 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 it's really a fascinating case uh, because it illustrates so many ways in which prosecutors can abuse their role 
They even suborned perjury, as I mentioned in passing, because the two owners of the car lot, which had invited Kyle and others to come to help to defend their property, claimed on the stand they'd never had any contact with Kyle, which was known to be false testimony to the prosecution before they put them on the stand. So this, this is just indicative of how grotesque uh, was the abuse of, of, of duty and dereliction by the prosecution. They'd also added a charge for the unlawful possession of a weapon, but, but the fact is that that depended on the length of the barrel, and Kyle's barrel was a normal AR-15. It wasn't a short-barreled AR-15, and therefore was completely legal. And this was just, uh, you know, a smokescreen. Uh, Kyle uh, uh, was not uh, violating the law, and the judge actually dismissed that six of the six charges before the jury went into its deliberation. But Michael, I mean, this was a grotesque abuse by the uh, prosecutor due to his age. He was too young to have purchased the rifle, which yeah. a friend bought for him with Rittenhouse money. I brought the gun for my protection, he testified. I didn't think I'd have to use a gun and end up defending myself. He claimed he was trying to protect his own life when he took the lives of Rosenbaum and Humor. I didn't intend to kill them. I intended to stop the people who were attacking me. I did what I had to do to stop the person who was attacking me. And as I said, in one case, Rosenbaum, who was the first to die... Uh, had previously said he was going to kill Kyle, that if he got him alone, he was going to kill him. And he met with his bare hands. And in fact, he he ambushed Kyle in the car lot where Kyle was trapped between two vehicles. And there was no way Kyle could retreat, over the, even though he'd been attempting to get away from these guys. Uh, he was trapped. And the guy, Rosenbaum, made a lunge for his rifle. He got shot through the hand, also in the thigh and the groin. But as he leaped toward him, he got shot in the back, which was a fatal shot. And it was a key witness from the medical examiner that the shooting was consistent with Rosenbaum having leaped at Kyle to attack him, which, by the way, a, a, a photographer who was there confirmed was exactly what happened. So... That was clearly uh, self-defense. The the second case of the guy named Huber, who was swinging uh, a skateboard. I mean, this was a heavy skateboard. Obviously, it's a lethal weapon at Kyle. And Kyle shot him out of self-defense in the chest, which killed him immediately. And in in the third instance, this guy, uh, Grosskreutz, Gage Grosskreutz, actually had a gun in his hand and was pointing it at Kyle when Kyle shot him. And Grosskutz later, while he was recovering, Kyle just shot off his bicep, didn't actually kill him. In the hospital, told a friend his only regret was he hadn't unloaded his mag into Kyle, in other words, every bullet in his gun. I mean, I'm telling you, there's no way in which uh, Kyle didn't satisfy the requirements of self-defense. And I have a blog about it from this wonderful legal analyst by the name of Andrew Branca, Andrew Branca, who may be the leading expert on self-defense in the world, where he talked about uh, the five elements of self-defense. Let me just illustrate, Michael, in relation to Rosenbaum. Okay, there are five elements. Innocence, imminence, proportionality, avoidance, and reasonableness. This will illustrate the situation Kyle was in and why it was the appropriate determination that he was not guilty because he acted in lawful self-defense. Innocence. Well, it was Rosenbaum who was a physical aggressor here, and Kyle was a victim of that unlawful attack. This element is consistent with self-defense on these facts. Imminence. The attack Kyle was defending himself against was actually in progress and so qualifies as an imminent attack. This element, too, is consistent with self-defense on these facts. Proportionality. By seeking to seize control of Kyle's rifle, Rosenbaum was apparently arming himself for the purpose of carrying out his earlier death threat against Kyle and simultaneously attempting to disarm Kyle and leave him defenseless. Rosenbaum's attack is therefore deadly in nature, justifying a proportional deadly force defense by Kyle. This element is consistent with self-defense on these facts. Avoidance. Wisconsin is a stand-your-ground state, so the element of avoidance would not normally apply in an otherwise lawful act of self-defense. 
even if it did apply, however, Kyle was in desperate flight from Rosenbaum, who sustained his relentless pursuit until the point of actual contact. If avoidance did impose a legal duty to retreat, Kyle would have met that duty. This element is consistent with self-defense on these facts. Reasonableness. The circumstances facing Kyle would certainly justify a subjectively genuine fear of deadly bodily harm, and there is nothing about Kyle's perceptions or reactions to those events, which were those of an unreasonable person. This is readily accessible from the video and eyewitness accounts of what happened. This element is consistent with self-defense on these facts. In short, there would appear to be no reason to believe, to a reasonable degree of legal certainty, that the state can disprove, beyond a reasonable doubt, Kyle's claim of self-defense with respect to Rosenbaum. Conclusion, the shooting of Rosenbaum by Kyle was lawful self-defense. And he provides a similarly thorough, I mean, this is really an extensive legal analysis. There's much more to it than the part I've simply shared here. Go to my blog, jamesfetcher.org, and check out what is now the very first blog by this absolutely brilliant legal analyst, Michael. This is by far uh, the best, the most thorough and detailed explanation of the applicability of self-defense to the facts of this case. I'm kind of surprised, in a good way, obviously, because I thought they would run all kinds of scenarios in the courtroom saying, well, you know, he's underage. What was he doing out there to begin with? You know, I thought they were going to do that whole sort of argument, which they probably did in the courtroom. I didn't watch any of the footage, but I'm pretty sure they were trying to go to that conclusion and trying to, you know, save the whole case, uh, you know, against Kyle there. The corporate media and social media, they did their best to sort of uh, destroy this person's life right away. Well, listen, there's another excellent piece here. I've got three in particular about the Kyle Rittenhouse case, where uh, Eddie Scarry, who writes for The Federalist, which is a very fine organization that's dedicated to the Constitution and the state's rights, the Kyle Rittenhouse prosecutor's case comes down to rioting good, self-defense bad, where the bulk of Thomas Binger's questioning of Rittenhouse on Wednesday assume that unless a person has physically touched you, there is no reason to protect yourself with force that may prove deadly. Now, I was very impressed with this, and I'll share it with you, to the extent that I liked his theme so much I adapted it for a letter to the editor of the Wisconsin State Journal, which published a piece, Guilty or Innocent Rittenhouse Was Wrong, the title of which they've changed in the online version as follows, knowing full well that this left-leaning paper was unlikely to publish it. So my letter to the editor, limited to 250 words, I entitled, Rioting Good, Self-Defense Bad, Editor. It's embarrassing that you have published an ideological defense of the Rittenhouse prosecution, where three members of the same family, the mayor, the DA, and the detective, appear to have conspired against Kyle to deny his legal rights. Kyle took a citizen's commitment to defend property and human rights more seriously than the Kenosha police, who stood down while rioting and looting was taking place. He sought to provide medical assistance for which he was attacked. A meticulous legal analysis by Andrew Branca provides a thorough and detailed exoneration on every count. That's why the prosecution now wants to include lesser charges. They know they have no case. Kyle was kicked in the face by one rioter. Another tried to break his neck with a skateboard. A third admitted he had a handgun and was pointing it at Kyle, who shot him in the arm. They, not Kyle, were the aggressors. It's insulting for anyone to suggest that he was acting as a vigilante and patrolling with illegally obtained guns, neither of which appears to be the case. On the contrary, Kyle's actions were heroic. As a former Marine Corps officer who supervised 15 DIs and 300 recruits through basic training, his performance was admirable. The attacks were imminent and deadly. His actions were reasonable. The media and its allies must attack Kyle because his example of self-defense is inspiring, and he showed the world why an AR-15 might make a difference for the public good. He deserves our admiration. James H. Fetzer. PhD. Amazing. Now, there, 
Yeah, they're, they're, th this, this piece is really quite, quite good. And I highly recommend it on my blog. Uh, the fact that they withheld the higher quality videos, oh, yes. which clearly exonerated Kyle, Michael, is just in insulting beyond belief. And by the way, while we were discussing this case on my show, my producer said he suspected that the Democrats to try to salvage something out of this would, would try to bring federal charges against Kyle and get this. Sure enough, he turned up that already a Jerry Nadler, who is really a mediocrity in my opinion, has tweeted, this heartbreaking verdict is a miscarriage of justice and sets a dangerous precedent which justifies federal review by the Department of Justice. Justice cannot tolerate armed persons crossing state lines looking for trouble while people engage in First Amendment-protected protests. I mean, this is just terrible. And here's another comment about it. Kyle Rittenhouse crossed state lines, which means that he can be federally charged. There are a wide variety of federal charges that Kyle Rittenhouse would potentially face that include civil rights violations and potential hate crimes. The Rittenhouse trial was so tainted by the judge's behavior that the case deserves a federal review. The idea that a person can show up at a protest with a loaded assault weapon, killing two people, and then claim self-defense flies in the face of logic and common sense. Well, this is written by an ideologue who doesn't know the details of the case or else is deliberately distorting them. None of these claims are appropriate. In fact, there are many who think that the parties Kyle shot were black. They were. They were all white. They were all white they people. They were all white. They got a white man shooting other white men who are trying to kill him. There was an additional black man who was involved. He's the one who tried to kick Kyle in the face. Now, mind you, everyone, all four of these individuals had extensive criminal records. Indeed, Rosenbaum had been convicted of five counts of child rape. Amazing. He had. Yeah, he had sodomized five little boys. Five right. Of them. That's insane. I didn't know it was that many. Holy hell. Oh, oh, Michael, Michael, Michael. My it's just goodness. embarrassing beyond belief. I had no idea it was yeah. that bad. So now I'm thinking, you know, I, I knew he was a convicted pedophile. And so I, I kind of thought, well, you know, pedophile did get shot. So it's not that. It's not the end of the world, I thought. Well, well, look, I mean, how can it be a hate crime when right. you're acting in self-defense? That's true. I mean, you know, what's our whole jury? Uh, what's our whole jury system about? I, I mean, it would, they would try to make it out be a hate crime because they're probably ignorant that the guys who were shot were, and were attacking him were all white. The one who tried to kick him was black. He didn't shoot. The judge showed exemplary behavior. He was a, a, just a model of integrity. I was very impressed with the judge. It was the prosecutors who violated their obligations and put on and condoned perjury on the stand, withheld evidence, filed false charges against Kyle. I mean, there's something that deserves a federal review, but it's not the behavior of the judge or Kyle Rittenhouse, but rather the prosecution. And by the way, the ad. The idea that a person can show up at a protest with a loaded assault weapon, killing two people and then claim self-defense, flies in the face of logic and common sense. Well, it's not an assault weapon. An assault weapon is full automatic. And while there's a military version of the AR-15 that is fully automatic, and the civilians have been unable to buy automatic weapons since around 1935. So this isn't an assault weapon. I fired an AR-15 before. It's a lightweight, wonderfully versatile, all-purpose rifle. It's a good gun. Probably, yeah, yeah probably the best all-round I've ever encountered. And the fact that Kyle was deploying it with such skill and agility impressed me tremendously. Meanwhile, and I think this is representative of a common left-wing reaction by the libtards who aren't paying attention, we get a top Fox News star insulting Kyle Rittenhouse in a terrible way. The corporate media piled on Kyle Rittenhouse from day one. That's right. Rittenhouse, is, he's not even safe from ridicule at Fox News, and a top Fox News star just insulted Kyle in this terrible way. This is Geraldo Rivera. I heard him do this. I was rather embarrassed by it. It was a time when I liked Geraldo, when, before he be, went legit, Michael. 
when he was doing that, you know, uh, late night show, he'd do all the fringe cases, uh, John Benet Ramsey, O.J. Simpson and the like. He'd get some of the best legal minds in the country on to talk about these. But since he went legit and tried to play the role of an honest journalism, he's just turned into a, 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 a stinking sack of excrement. Oh, my. Here we have here we have the five co-hosts. Rivera has been one of the loudest voices at Fox attacking Rittenhouse as a vigilante on Tuesday's broadcast. He claimed it was outrageous how many Americans support Rittenhouse claim of self-defense, adding, that Rittenhouse watched too many Rambo movies. <laughs> I perfectly feel that. And by the way, this guy has a, a, a legal background. He was at one time an attorney. I don't think he's I even old enough to know who Rambo is, by the way. But go ahead. <laughs> he's a little young for that. Yeah, here's Geraldo going on. I personally feel he's been lionized way over the top. He has been portrayed by half the country as a heroic youngster fighting for his community. I don't believe that at all. I think he watched too many Rambo movies. It's likely the 17-year-old Rittenhouse never watched any Rambo right. movies, as most of them came out in the 1980s, <laughs> long before Rittenhouse was born, to make your point. That's right. But that comment was par for the course for the media in the Rittenhouse case. It smeared the 17-year-old as a vigilante from day one. In reality, Rittenhouse family members lived in Kenosha. Rittenhouse just wanted to protect businesses from destruction by Black Lives Matter rioters and looters. He also did not carry a rifle against across state lines, as so many in the media claim. The rifle Rittenhouse carried that night was stored at a friend's house in Kenosha. Rittenhouse also legally carried the firearm as the judge tossed out the charge against Rittenhouse for illegally carrying a firearm under the age of 18, because 17-year-olds are allowed to carry rifles in Wisconsin as long as they are not short-barreled rifles. However, despite Rivera's incessant criticism of Rittenhouse, Rivera did acknowledge the reality of the facts of the case as well as the law in Wisconsin and admitted that the jury should acquit Rittenhouse. Well, I think the verdict should, if the jurors stick to the law, result in an acquittal, Rivera stated. I think once they dropped the, la dropped the last serious charge, it made the possibility of a clean sweep more likely. Why? Because self-defense is so powerful in Wisconsin particularly. And there I think he believe he's referring to the fact that we have a stand-your-own-ground law. Oh, yes. Uh, the law out there is a little confusing, to say the very least. But yes, everything seems to be working out the way most sort of saw it, I guess you could say, unless, you know, you're an athlete. Um, this is what I'm reading here. Athletes around the nation reacted to the verdict on social media, with many noting they weren't surprised and questioning if it would have been the same had Rittenhouse been black. What do you think, Jim? Do you think he would have been found guilty if indeed... Kyle Rittenhouse was a black man. Had it been the same facts of the situation where he was under attack, where he was innocent, where the attack was imminent, where he sought to avoid it, where a reasonable person would have acted as he had acted, I believe he would have been acquitted by the same jury, regardless of his race. That's what I and think. And the fact is that the, the Democrats are trying to play up a racial aspect. They're trying to spin it that no way. Racial aspect, but that's all they have. Right. Look at look at Virginia when Terry McAuliffe was trying to defeat his uh, uh, youngkin, the, the surging Republican rival. All he had to argue was race and Donald Trump, and Donald Trump wasn't on the ticket. McAuliffe had nothing else to offer, and that's the state of the Democratic Party today, Michael. They have nothing to offer. It's usually a race. It's always a reach, a big reach, if that. And, um, yes, they try to sort of do that to everybody. They try to make you feel guilty about something that you didn't even do or even feel that way about. It makes you kind of question these people that get all this guilt inside of them already. It makes you think, well, maybe they are the ones that are truly racist. Well, Michael, let me add one Go more ahead. development here, which is rather extraordinary, that, uh, this morning that the judge banned MSNBC from the trial after a producer closely followed the jury bus. Moment ago, the judge banned MSNBC and NBC from the courtroom after an alleged producer followed the jury. Uh, judge Schroeder, Kenosha police reported someone followed the bus carrying the Rittenhouse jurors last night while claiming to work for MSNBC. It's under investigation. 
no one working for MSNBC will be allowed inside the courthouse for the duration of the trial. And it turned out that the party actually ran a light and was stopped by the Kenosha police in order to try to keep up with a bus and acknowledge that he was a reporter. He was working for MSNBC and that he'd been directed by his producer to follow the bus. The producer's name is Irene Byron. She just nuked her LinkedIn account. Holy shit. Her account is still archived and available. Here we get a meme of it. It turns out she is Chinese. NBC News producer Irene Bayan instructed a reporter to follow a bus transporting the Rittenhouse jury in an effort to get pictures of them for intimidation purposes. Trump was right. The media is the enemy of the people. That's not me, by the way, folks. Jim, is that you? Yeah, it's my wife calling, oh, no. and I need to answer. But listen, we're about to get the national news. Yes, we're going to go on a Michael, break here. So why don't we take a brief break, and I'll come back and report how they're how they're covering it, if that works for you. Oh, yes, that works fine. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be going on a break in a moment here. Stay tuned. Thanks, Michael. I'll be right back. No problem. Go ahead, Jim. And welcome back. Boys and girls, we are joined once again by Jim Fetzer. How are you, Jim? What were they saying out there? How did they spin this case? Very good, Michael. I, I make it a practice of watching the NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt to have a baseline of how the mainstream media is covering these stories. And I was quite relieved to see a minimum of propaganda here and a maximum of objectivity, at least superficial, not acknowledging, you know, the deeper issues which we've been addressing here of self-defense, but reporting how the jury had bought Kyle Rittenhouse claims of self-defense. The way he said it, it would have been more illuminating if you if he had reported they had verified because they'd studied the evidence. They'd verified, they'd confirmed his claims of self-defense that he was indeed acting in self-defense. They said the prosecutors said while they were unhappy with the verdict, they accepted as the outcome of the trial. He showed Biden saying, uh, well, similar things, that he accepted the outcome of the trial. Uh, he has, on other occasions, asserted the jury system works. Uh, but they were interviewing the fellow with a skateboard's mother who was oh upset that now she does not have her son. Her baby boy is gone. I'm sorry? Oh, I said her baby boy is gone now. Right, that's right. Her baby boy is gone, and no one's being held responsible, but that's because he was committing attempted murder when he died. I mean, these people are living in an illusion. Now, I'll tell you, this threat from the federal government by Jerry Nadler is going to be realized. They're going to try to make some effort to get regain some ground. By the way, we also have numerous reports that the judge is being given protection because he's received Death dozens threats. and dozens of death threats. There we go. And you can and you can well believe, you know, that in a in a community like ours, where one side doesn't care about logic and evidence and reason, that you can have these kind of hysterical, irrational reactions which promote their cause, which is basically not only to disarm America by defunding the police, but to dismantle the system of law and justice so that chaos is created and, and surrounds us and no one believes in America any longer. Now, this piece from the Federalist is so good. When the prosecutor's case come down to writing good self-defense, bad. I'd like, Michael, to share it with your oh, yes. audience. I, I think it just lays it out so beautifully, clearly, what actually is going on here for everyone to appreciate the reality of the situation. If you follow the prosecution's case against Kyle Rittenhouse, the only logical end is the assertion that self-defense is almost never an option, and visiting the scene of a riot is only okay if you are there to burn property. There are other facets to lead Prosecutor Thomas Binger's arguments that Rittenhouse, now 18, was in the illegal possession of a gun, that he showed up in Genosha, Wisconsin that night, uh, the night of violent rioting because he was pursuing danger, and that he could have done easily done things differently. But the bulk of Binger's questioning of Rittenhouse on Wednesday relied on the assumption that unless a person has physically touched you, 
And unless you were at the scene for reasons not in line with others present, there is no reason to protect yourself with force that might prove deadly. Rittenhouse faced charges for the murders of Joseph Rosenbaum and Anthony Huber, as well as the intentional uh, attempted homicide of Greg Grossenkreutz. It's not disputed, and it's on video that Rittenhouse shot all three, and only Grosskreutz survived. It's also on video and backed up by eyewitness testimony that each of the three men was running after Rittenhouse and making attempts to take his gun. Grosskreutz, who was armed at the time himself, said he tried grabbing Rittenhouse AR-15. Finger played the videos, which the jury had seen multiple times already in acknowledging questioning that Rittenhouse was being chased that night in August 2020. But his emphasis has been, one, that Rosenbaum, the shooting of whom set off the whole episode, never physically touched Rittenhouse, and two, that Rittenhouse's presence by its very nature was needlessly provocative. The absurdity was captured in one specific exchange between Bringer and Rittenhouse. Bringer, so you saw someone who was trying to put out a fire who got assaulted. Rittenhouse, yes. Bringer, but if you're going to help people, why would you expect anyone would try and hurt you? Rittenhouse, I don't know. Somebody did try to hurt me, and I was helping people. Bringer is apparently never prepared for an unexpected disaster. He may not even buckle his seatbelt, I can't be sure. Rittenhouse testified that he was in Kenosha that night at the request of a car lot owner who'd been looking for men to protect his business, which had previously suffered damage from nights of rioting. He said he brought his AR-15 and a medic kit for the purpose of patrolling the area and offering care to anyone injured. He said that beforehand he had seen destruction done to the city where his father lives and where Rittenhouse had been working as a lifeguard. That's why he brought the gun in the event that he needed it for his own protection. There had been, after all, reports of physical assaults against police and a business owner, in addition to the property damage. But Binger adopted a tone to suggest he was utterly confounded as to why anyone would show up in Kenosha to offer aid while armed with a gun. Binger, I asked you why you brought the gun. You said you needed it for protection. I said, protection against what? You said you didn't think you needed protection. I'm confused. And you help me understand why you're telling us you needed a gun for protection, but you didn't think you needed protection. Rittenhouse, who is apparently light years ahead of Binger in IQ, replied, I brought the gun for my protection, but what I was saying is I didn't think I would have to use the gun and end up defending myself. Binger is presumably also confused by anyone who purchases home insurance. Why do they need that unless they plan on setting their own homes on fire? The prosecutor was equally stupid in making the case that Rittenhouse was at fault for being in a place he had the right to be but shouldn't have been. At one point, Bringer asked, you know that you're running into a crowd that's not friendly to you, right? And also, were you surprised a crowd would react that way when they just saw you shoot someone? The implication is that Rittenhouse, having shot someone who was chasing him, should have known that all of this was coming because he made the choice to show up at a riot. He did make that choice, but so did everyone else who showed up to loot, vandalize, and torch private and public property. Rittenhouse's reason for showing up to limit the damage just happened to be unpopular. That doesn't make him a criminal. It makes him a dissident. When you reach the logical conclusion of the prosecutor's case, that's Rittenhouse's crime. He was in a dangerous place where the rioters, otherwise known by Binger as the good guys, didn't want him. And therefore, Rittenhouse was the instigator. It's preposterous. The jury probably knows that. Isn't that excellent, Michael? That's pretty wild. And uh, Jim, I got to say, do you expect there to be civil unrest over this uh, verdict here? Well, it's interesting. There doesn't appear to be any civil unrest in Kenosha. Doesn't that was like also it. shown on NBC. I'm very pleased to say. Surprised. And I think it's so clear. It is so clear, Michael, that this was a just verdict. That I think, you know, writers just don't have a case. And while the one uh, Huber's mother may be upset at the loss of her son, he, like Rosenbaum and Grusekrantz and the black guy who kicked Kyle, uh, all have criminal records. So 
why should she be surprised that he comes to a bad end? I mean, she's being naive and self-centered and irrational, not wanting to admit her responsibility because her son acted improperly in a situation that wound up leaving him dead. Leaving him gone. Yep, he's gone. He's gone forever. He's not going to add to his rap sheet, but it was pretty long already. I guess that's his mark on history. I guess so. That's how history will remember our friend there. So, Michael, I reiterate, I think this was a great day for America, for the Second Amendment, for the right of self-protection, for the right to keep and bear arms, for the Fifth Amendment, the right to remain silent. But uh, One of the interesting interviews, by the way, that has come up today was with a defense attorney about the decision to put Kyle on the stand. And he said they did two mock juries, one of which Kyle appeared and the other which he didn't. And the difference was like night and day. Without Kyle, they found him guilty. With Kyle, they acquitted him. So I think it was a very wise move. Here's something else that the prosecutors can concealed. They said there were a few others there with weapons. Actually, there were over a hundred other parties there with weapons. I mean, obviously, in a situation like that, Kyle would have been stupid not to bring a weapon with which he could defend himself. And it was one he legally possessed, even though the prosecution tried to imply and even charged him falsely that it was illegal. The judge threw it out. One more example of the malfeasance by the prosecutors in this case. So if uh, Jerry Katz thinks that there ought to be a Department of Justice investigation, it ought to be conducted of the prosecution in this case, which was so far derelict in duty that I believe these guys are eligible for censure by the Wisconsin bar and deserve to lose their licenses to practice law. Yeah, I think that should happen. No doubt. No doubt at all. And, of course, uh, celebrities are reacting uh, to the verdict already, by the way. Um, Hollywood condemns Kyle Rittenhouse's verdict. This country is a sick joke. That's all. Los Angeles Times uh, right there for you. Okay, how can that be? <laughs> yeah, lay, lay more on us, Michael. What else are these celebrities saying? And who, who is saying these things? I'm not sure which one sent that. That's just the headline here from the Los Angeles Times. But there is... Uh, actor Mia Farrow tweeted, so anyone can come to a protest, just march down the middle of the street with a massive gun and kill people, question mark. I mean, the, Mia Farrow, you know, she has a certain charm, but she's a nitwit. She's an airhead. And so many of these Hollywood celebrities, they're idolized, but they're virtually brainless. They have no serious intellectual capacity. They're certainly not equal to the task of understanding what happened here the right of self-defense, they probably couldn't even follow Andrew Branca's very detailed and specific analysis of each of the charges against Kyle Rittenhouse, which I encourage everyone in the audience to follow up. Go to my blog at jamesfetzer.org and check out this very detailed, specific analysis of each of the charges against Kyle, and you will see why it's beyond reasonable doubt Kyle was not guilty of any of the charges alleged. Oh, we also have one from our favorite Alyssa Milano, who expressed her disgust, tweeting, Fuck, not guilty. That's how yeah. she wrote. Wow. Why, 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 why would you say that? He's so obviously not guilty when you look at the evidence. She was triggered I mean, there. Michael, Michael, it's just embarrassing. These people are embarrassing themselves. They're making their idiocy apparent to the entire world. So I'd say the smartest thing for any Hollywood celebrity in a situation where you're dealing with a situation you do not understand or remotely comprehend, just keep your mouth shut. Yeah, and just keep your mouth shut and keep making money. Celebrities are out of touch with reality and the rest of the world. And by the way, that that, uh, headline actually, it says, this country is a sick joke. That came from author Frederick Joseph, who I have no idea. And, of course, I don't even know who that is. Uh, By the way, Stephen King also wrote, So the white guy goes free. Is that the message? Question mark. Well, uh, everyone involved here, as far as the shooting is concerned, and the attempted murders was white. Uh, Yeah, I don't think he knows what's going on. (laughs) It's it's not really a white man. And this is the preoccupation of the Democratic Party with race. 
It was a citizen of the United States who acted in self-defense. And whether he was white or black, he was in the right. And he did uh, something that was appropriate under the law. And if these people would bother to study the evidence and analyze, thus as we find here in this masterpiece by Andrew Braca on my blog, maybe they'd have a comprehension, perhaps even dimly, that what happened here was no travesty of justice, but rather a triumph for the jury system of the United States. I'm very happy, Michael. I'm delighted with this outcome. We shall see what happens and see if any celebrities try to fan the flames and try to sort of uh, instigate something to happen. It seems like that's kind of what the uh, far left would want, uh, Jim. People instigating these sort of events to go on and on and on. These sort of friendly well, protests or riots, as we call them. Well, if you want to see how they're going to try to, you know, twist themselves into pretzels to explain this away, oh, just yeah. check out MSNBC. I mean, they have a series of propagandists, a lineup of the likes I've never seen before, from Rachel Maddow through this Joy Reid to this guy, O'Donnell, uh, Kenneth O'Donnell, and others there. I mean, it's outrageous. Every one of them is dedicated to propaganda. None of them cares about evidence, the law, facts, logic, reason. They have an objective, which is putting things over on the American people, and sad to say, there are a lot of Americans for whom that works, though, according to my latest polling, MSNBC, I think, is lagging far behind the other networks. Fox has had a resurgence here, and I think Tucker, let me add, catch Tucker Carlson tonight because he'll have an absolutely brilliant, impeccable analysis of what happened here. I have no doubt. I watch him. It's a one show I seek never to miss. And I encourage everyone to check it out. He's going to do an exemplary job tonight, I have no doubt. He's doing quite well for himself, right? He's probably the highest paid anchor over at Fox News, I would have to imagine. Oh, he's easily the best. I mean, he's light years ahead of Sean Hannity. I actually believe Laura Ingram is a more reliable source than Hannity, but Hannity often draws excellent commentators. Uh, Greg Jarrett, for example, will be on tonight. I have no doubt discussing the case. Alan Dershowitz almost certainly will be on tonight. He'll have a host of experts. Uh, Tucker may very well have some as well. He's particularly featuring Candace Owens very often, who's a brilliant young black woman that impresses me tremendously. So I, I highly recommend those those three shows, but Tucker easily outpaces the others. Number one in your book. And by the way, MSNBC, one of their tweets says, the jury's decision in Kyle Rittenhouse's trial was a dangerous endorsement of a violent vision. Do you feel that way, Jim? Do you feel like this? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. This was a assertion of the right to self-defense, the Second Amendment, the right to a trial by jury, to be judged by your peers, and to have a case decided on the basis of the evidence and the law. What they're appealing for are irrelevant uh, factors to figure in here, such as the Democrats' emphasis on identity politics, race, and gender. If it doesn't fit the Democrat narrative, they don't want to hear it. Right. If it doesn't support their anti-gun agenda, they don't want to know about it, and they most certainly don't want it to happen. So I guarantee you Jerry Nadler is going to be at the heart of getting the Department of Justice to undertake some sort of review in a desperate effort to find something they can hang on Kyle Rittenhouse. I think it will be very strongly opposed, and it will be one more indication to the American people that the Biden administration and the Democrat Party generally just don't give a damn about Americans or their rights under the Constitution, that they care more about illegal migrants whom they're putting up in hotels and giving room service and want to give $450,000 to the American people look at this and they're aghast. They want to take our money as taxpayers and give it to people who are here in the country illegally and claim that it's morally appropriate when it's a grotesque abuse and squandering what precious resources we have yet remaining and where they're doing all the worst by ex exacerbating inflation to levels that haven't been seen for decades. It's disgusting. And I'll tell you, they're going to be wiped out in 2022. It's going to be a, a massive loss, the likes of which has rarely, if ever, been seen in American history. I predict they're going to lose 
a hundred seats in the House and several in the Senate, and we'll put this nonsense behind us because the Democratic Party will have, in effect, destroyed itself as a political entity. I mean, to be honest, hearing that about the illegal immigrants, Jim, it makes me want to become an illegal immigrant because, you know, I haven't seen a dime from the government. I, I have not received any money from the government at any time. And I, I kind of feel ripped off by my very own government. I mean, not even the COVID relief uh, funds, nothing of that nature ever, you know, came to fruition for me. I'm not allowed uh, to get any of that money, Jim. So, you know, hearing that kind of uh, pisses me off in a way. I'm like, where, where, where's my free money? Michael, you're not alone. Every, <laughs> every American is not a millionaire. That's or right. An ideologue, an extreme leftist feels exactly the same way. And frankly, there are a whole lot more of us than there are of them, in fact. It's turning out that in polling being done in uh, disputed districts across the country, the Republicans are in the lead in a generic ballot for the first time in history. Historically, it's virtually always been the Democrats are in the lead with a generic ballot. Would you prefer a Democrat or a Republican without specific candidates being named? And the, the Republican advantage is growing significantly. I'm telling you, Michael, this is going to be a wipeout. And even though uh, Virginia and New Jersey, and there was another special election that went to the, the, the Republican in a Democrat area, they're not paying attention. They're trying to explain it away. It's all racism on the part of those Americans who simply think that the Democrats can't cut it. And we're going to see a lot of that tonight. Check out MSNBC if you want to see some hysterics for a certainty. We have a city to burn. Oh, yes, we do have a city to burn. And by the way, Jim, I got to ask you, what was your take on Alec Baldwin, by the way? I don't think I've ever got a chance to ask you that. Well, this was to totally reckless. I believe uh, there's a manslaughter charge out to emerge from this. But there were at least three parties who were involved. There was the armorer, and then there was the assistant director. The armor provides the weapons. The assistant director is supposed to check them before they're put in the hands of the actor. Right. But Baldwin should never have pointed a gun at this, uh, you know, cinematographer anyway. But I mean, he is an. I mean, he is an actor though, and a celebrity. You know, that means he doesn't. He lacks common sense. You know, he's kind of an idiot. So I mean, can you really blame him for pointing a gun and shooting a gun? You know, under the pretense of him not really knowing. I mean, is he really that guilty though? I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But, well, let me tell you how bad it is in yes, the sir. court. And this was another offense by the prosecution. This guy, Bringer, picked up Kyle Rittenhouse AR-15, and he actually pointed it at the jury and other parties in the courtroom with his finger on the trigger. Oh, Lord. Anyone with rudimentary knowledge of gun safety knows that's a no-no. Right. That's completely inappropriate. And that the prosecutors should do that. A number of us believed at the time that this was an act of intimidation, suggesting to the jurors that they could be next if they didn't vote to convict. So I don't think Alec Baldwin's going to get out of this scot-free. I do believe he's going to face a, a manslaughter charge over this. And while his punishment may be relatively lenient, maybe a year on probation or whatever. I do not believe this is going to be swept under the rug. Amazing. Yes, Alec Baldwin, our good friend, facing lots of legalities. And, of course, President Kamala Harris, currently in charge of that big chair there and the White House there, I guess. President Biden underwent a routine colonoscopy uh, physical yeah, I underwent a colonoscopy and had a general. I've actually had colonoscopies where I remain conscious and watch the whole thing. I mean, how often can you see your insides? Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was quite a novelty. Sure. He's back now. He's back at the White oh, House. Oh, so he's back already. You're going to hear a health report, which may have aspects that, you know, they're going to try to conceal because his cognitive function is so obviously grossly incapacitated. But it was actually a scary, a very idea that the powers of the presidency would be transferred, however, temporarily to a, a woman who's a complete nitwit and incompetent. But, you know, the, the Biden-Harris administration has accomplished absolutely nothing good for America in the whole getting closer to a year now. It's been in office and the American people are noticing, which is why Biden's poll ratings are down to 38 percent and Kamala's down to 28 percent. 
where Newt Gingrich has observed she is the worst vice president in the history of the nation. By the way, Matt Gates offers Kyle Rittenhouse a internship, by the way. Yeah, I heard he was going to do that. Uh, I believe Kyle's going to be a target and there's going to be a serious uh, issue here protecting him because there are too many crazies out there that the left would encourage to inflict harm upon him. Let me say, Michael, before we have to part, on Monday, Monday will be the 58th observance of the assassination of John F. Kennedy, our 35th president. Oh, that's right. Oliver Oliver Stone has a new film, a sequel to JFK, which, of course, came out in 1991. It was really the criticism that was being made of that film, which I regard as a masterpiece that got me drawn into serious research on conspiracies and where I've done a, a summation of all the research of the last 30 years with the best qualified experts to ever study the case, including a world authority on the human brain, who's also an expert on wound ballistics, a PhD in physics, who's also an MD, board certified in radiation oncology, which is a treatment of cancer using x-ray therapy, who's become the leading expert on the medical evidence in the assassination in the world today. Uh, a physician who was in trauma room number one when JFK's moribund body was brought in and then two days later was re- responsible for the care and treatment of his alleged assassin, a legendary photo and film analyst, another PhD in physics, this time with expertise in electromagnetism, the properties of light and images of moving objects, who's done a brilliant tutorial that shows internal evidence that the home movies, including the Zapruder film, had been altered, taking original footage and then revising it, editing it, and changing it. Sensational stuff. That's John P. Costella. You can find his tutorial on my blog at assassinationscience.com and also at assassinationresearch.com, which John Costella and I co-edit. But also, let me say, you can find this latest presentation summing up all of our evidence. It runs a slightly less than two hours. It's very comprehensive on my BitChute channel, Jim Fetzer. If you just put in BitChute channel, Jim Fetzer, you'll find the real deal JFK special of 18 November, which I dedicate to Oliver Stone for all of his efforts to expose the, the truth about the assassination to the American people, for which I admire him profoundly. Oh, yes. We like Oliver Stone. Uh, it's too bad we can't say the same about his son, but that's a whole other story. Uh, thank you so much, Jim, for being a part of the program. Loved having you here. And, of course, check out Jim's work at moonrockbooks.com. Always a pleasant place. And, of course, Jim Fetzer dot org, I believe, right? Yeah. JamesFetzer.org. Sorry about that. Yes, that's JamesFetzer.org. Right, and then BitChute channel, Jim Fetzer. Very nice. Once again, Jim, it's been an honor and pleasure to have you here on the program and break things down for us. We will do this again on the other side, my friend. I look forward to it, Michael. Always a pleasure. You got it, Jim. Take care. Hey. And there he goes, boys and girls. That was our guest, Jim Fetzer. He was nice enough to stop by and break things down for all of us here. I want to thank all of you out there for being a part of the program. Of course, those who listen on the podcast rendition of the show which you are doing right now love that remember you can catch the show once in a while live on youtube when we are allowed i believe this saturday night i will be returning with mr mike hideous and we will be live and direct that will be pretty damn interesting once again thanks for being here and of course international listeners out there thank you so much for your support as well guten morgen to those in germany and of course our friends in sweden and australia and even alaska and our friends in amsterdam we appreciate all of you out there yes and of course those of you who are hardcore listeners and have not yet pulled the trigger on joining the patreon page you definitely should that's patreon.com forward slash michael deacon yes more shows will be added very very soon i'm afraid i sort of lost my mind once again thank you so much for being here and pressing play we will do this again on the other side and with that said The world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody.